Hello, and thanks for joining the Lupus LA Your Story, Our Fight podcast this week. Uh, happy holidays. Thank you for donating to our year-end campaign. Lupus LA is so appreciative of all those contributions. Uh, if you missed it, go to lupusla.org and hit the donate button because we really need your support. Today, we are speaking to Lola Kark. Uh, Lola has the um, the badge of honor, I guess, of being our youngest podcast guest. Uh, she's a 17-year-old junior in high school, just turned 17 two days ago, so happy birthday, Lola. And Lola has done something really impressive um, since her lupus diagnosis. She has started her own nonprofit called Lupus Kids. So we're going to talk to Lola about Lupus Kids. We're going to talk to her about her lupus and being a teenager with lupus. And um, I think you'll all get a lot out of this discussion. Hi, Lola. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So you were diagnosed you started having symptoms at age nine. So uh, we've had a few other people uh, on the podcast who, uh, like myself, actually, I, my symptoms were probably when I was around uh, 12 or so. So tell me, what, what were your symptoms when you were nine years old? Um, so the symptoms first started showing up right after my brother was born. Um, he's now eight, but I actually first got a strep infection. Um, in my face right here, it like puffed up. I had to go to the hospital for that. I was on antibiotics. And then um, right after that, I got scarlet fever and had to go on another round of antibiotics. And then I would say probably as soon as like a month or two afterward, I started seeing other symptoms that were just, we thought were kind of lingering, but then of course they started to get worse because as we now know, they were not either the strep infection or um, scarlet fever. But I would say that the biggest symptom and the one that kicked in earliest was definitely just like severe fatigue. I started not being able to keep up um, with my peers. I started um, not wanting to go to a park to walk my dogs or play wiffle ball with my stepbrother. Like everything just started to become a lot harder. Um, and then that just got worse. And then at the same time, I was also experiencing pretty severe weight loss. Um, and then hair loss as well. And then of course the Malar rash, I had that pretty severely as well. Um, and then over, oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead. I, I just, I guess, was that all sort of, or did that evolve over the course of a year or two? I would say that evolved over the course of about a year or six months to a year, but then it just got worse and worse. But I had all of them pretty soon after, like almost all at once. But like I said, the fatigue was the biggest one. I remember um, my mom tells this story sometimes. Um, I asked to bring my scooter into the house. And at the time I was like, oh, I just like scootering from room to room. But like it, I knew at the time, like if I walked from my bedroom to the living room, it was like I had to sit down for like an hour. Like I was so tired all the time. And then all the joint stuff started coming in. Um, yeah, so that was pretty much the symptoms. And like I said, they just kind of got worse. But those were pretty much all the ones that I experienced. And what's the reaction you got from your friends and your parents sort of as you're going through? Because um, I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to a fatigue question, you know, you really have to almost convince people that, hey, no, this really is something that I can't control. Did you have that experience? Um, in some ways, I, as a person, um, tend to push through and push myself. So actually, I tried to like, not let anyone know, like, I wouldn't go up to my classmates and be like, Hey, can we like, 
calm down, I'm really tired. Like, I just didn't tell anyone, really. Um, and my dad was in London at the time because he had gotten into a motorcycle accident, so he wasn't even there. But my mom knew, like, the whole time she knew something was really wrong. So we were going to so many doctors during that time. Um, that really started hyping up at around age, like, 10, 10 and a half. And um, so what brought you to the, visits. who figured out the diagnosis? Who cracked the code? So my mom always likes medical care in Los Angeles. Uh, we live in Santa Fe. So we went to some Santa Fe doctors, but then almost immediately for the last three months um, of that year of school, when I was um, 11, we flew out to Los Angeles and she started making a lot of appointments. But actually, I remember like I have a very strong memory of me sitting on the bed in Los Angeles and she was like Googling all of the symptoms and she's like, oh, it's something called like lupus. And I guess I had never heard of it and she's heard of it, but like she didn't know about it. But she was like Googling and she was like, oh, wow. Um, this kind of checks out. And then I was reading and I was like, oh, wow, this really does check out. Um, but then we had an appointment with um, Dr. Rife at CHLA. We were really lucky to get an appointment, but we did. So then I went and saw him. And within like the first 10 minutes of being at the appointment, he was like, welcome to the club. I, that was a direct quote. He was like, welcome to the club. <laughs> like pretty much undeniable. That sounds just like Dr. Rife. Uh, and, and we love Dr. Rife uh, at Lupus LA. And you and I actually met probably right around this time. You may have been back for a visit or something. You may have been 12, 11 years old. But you and I actually met at CHLA. And I remember... Um, I actually remember your mom was very, uh, super well-read, super aggressive, super, you know, right there, uh, with, and it reminded me of my mother when I was first diagnosed, she had her notebook, she had everything, all the questions. And, you know, I think as a child with a chronic illness, you really benefit from, uh, you know, a parent or an adult or a doctor that really can kind of almost guide you, um, to taking your disease seriously and and under and really getting to the bottom of it. Do you think now now that you're older and in high school have you adopted some of those techniques and that persistence? Yeah, for sure. I've learned um I mentioned before that I had like a tendency to like push through things and I have that in some aspects of life but not anymore when it comes to my health. Like I really am communicative when um I need help or when something's wrong, not like not okay, if I'm not feeling good, like, and I really do like research myself, but then I'll always tell people, tell a doctor, everything like that. So I've gotten much better at um, self-advocating, I would say. And that goes for school as well. Like all my classes I tell at every, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, um, at every, um, like every year before school starts, I meet with all of my teachers and I like lay it down. I'm like, look, I have lupus. Most of them don't know what it is. So I explain that. Um, I started leading these meetings myself in like seventh and eighth grade. Um, my mom would do it, but now I started to do it. And I tell them um, things like homework. If I, if I get tired and I need to sleep, I need to sleep and I'll communicate and I'll, it's my responsibility to self-advocate, but I do have lupus and some things will need to be different. So I'm very proud of like how far I've come in terms of being able to do that. What are your teacher's reactions when you have those meetings? They're kind of like, wow, like we didn't expect that from you because like you're such a high performing student. Like the fact that you're also battling like a chronic condition, that's very impressive. And like, um, 
oh, they're very impressed by the self-advocation, like I mentioned, and otherwise they're just really understanding. I'm very, very lucky. I, yeah, I think that's that's hard for a lot of kids to figure out. I think that's really, and and I think it's an important message for young people, and and not even young people. I think for everybody, you know, I think there is that tendency to say, "Oh God, I just want to, I want to get through it, but I don't want to bother anybody, and I don't." But I think it opens you up once you've expressed, you know, what are your needs, what are your challenges. It probably really motivates you and the people around you to help you succeed. Yes, I would totally agree with that. So you started um, having, you had the symptoms, you, you got diagnosed at CHLA. How quickly were you able to start getting some relief from your treatments, you know, at, at age 11? Um, I would say that with, in terms of medication, they hit it very hard. Like they did a very big push almost immediately. And I would say the symptoms started going away very, very, very quickly. So um, I got diagnosed around March. So over the summer, I continued to get better. And then at the beginning of the next school year, um, I remember at that point, I was like most of my biggest symptoms, like the rash and everything had pretty much dissipated. I was still getting a lot of soreness and everything, but we did um, a round of steroids. So that I had the whole like puffy face thing at school and everything, which was hard. But um but then we pretty quickly, I would say about a year or two years after, we could really draw back on the medication because I was um, responding very well to them. And do you still go back and forth from Santa Fe to Los Angeles or have you found a team in Santa Fe that's um, able to manage you? I still go to CHLA, yeah. Um, I see Dr. Iris Rahan and then I also um, communicate via email with Dr. Reif as well. Um, but yeah, always Los Angeles. So what's that like when you sort of, um, don't have your doctor really close by, what are the challenges that you face with that sort of separation? Um, I would say at the beginning it was hard because we had to fly out every three months, which is of course like quite frequently, but now that I'm pretty much under control and regulated, my appointments have stretched out to every six months or sometimes even a little bit longer. Um, but like email communication, my doctors always respond super fast, which is very nice to have. Um, so I wouldn't say it's a huge, um, issue with the, and also it's only like an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minute flight. So if anything were to be urgent, then we could be out there very quickly. Yeah. I think actually what that speaks to is the lack of pediatric rheumatologists in the country. Um, Lupus LA has a big focus on that as, uh, you know, in terms of our fellowship program, but it's, it's so sad. There's so many States that don't even have one pediatric rheumatologist. And so kids are being underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed by, by non-rheumatologist physicians. And it's, I think that's a big, big problem that needs to be addressed in the lupus community. So I think your story illustrates that pretty well. So um, let me do this. I want to take a quick break and then I want to talk all about Lupus Kids and how you started this organization and what it does and how it's going. And, and I think that's really going to be, um, I know I was really impressed with it and I think uh, the rest of the audience will be too. So we'll be right back after this quick break. Lupus LA's fellowship program is an essential part of ensuring the training of future rheumatologists. 
The nation is experiencing a serious shortage of pediatric rheumatologists. Today, there are approximately 300,000 children diagnosed with rheumatic conditions in the United States, but only 250 practicing pediatric rheumatologists to meet this tremendous need. Visit our website at lupusla.org. We are back on the Lupus LA Your Story, Our Fight podcast. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, GSK, for all of their ongoing support. Uh, we're back talking to Lola Kark. Lola is um, the founder of Lupus Kids. And so start from the beginning. When What did you see was the problem that you wanted to address by starting your own nonprofit? So when I was first diagnosed, um, like I said, my mom did a lot of research and then she let me like look on all like the lupus sites and everything. And one of the big things that stood out to me, I think the one I was looking at was Molly's Fund um, at the time. But I would look at like the My Stories page hoping to see like, oh, I was diagnosed when I was nine, but I mostly saw just adults and I mostly saw actually very um, saddening stories. So as an 11 year old, that was disheartening to see like, my back hurts, my like head hurts, I just don't like everything. It was very um, scary to me. So then as I got older and I started to realize like how little resources there are for children with lupus, I wanted to create one so that kids in my situation, like when I was 11, could actually find somewhere where they'd be like, oh wow, like I'm not alone, I have a community. Amazing, so, so that was pretty right away, right after you got your actual diagnosis that occurred to you. Yeah, um, I would say the idea like solidified probably um, more into an actual like idea of a non-for-profit a couple of years ago. But yeah, I definitely knew that there was a need at, from the start. Mm -hmm. Now, I can totally identify with that. I mean, when I was diagnosed, I was 16. It was 1987. Don't do the math. But I... There was... You, you know, nobody had heard of lupus and certainly lupus in kids and certainly men with lupus or boys with lupus was almost unheard of. And so I think what you're doing, I mean, I just feel like if I had some of those resources early on in my diagnosis, uh, you know, that would have made things a lot less scary. Cause I do think, especially now with the internet, you go on the internet, you can really panic yourself pretty quickly, um, with some of the stories that are out there. So, um, so you came up with Lupus Kids. Give me the basic idea of what you guys do and, and how it works and and where you started. Um, so, yeah, we're a community outreach group, um, mostly online, but we've had a couple of in-person events. It started as just a website and then we set up um, social media. We I launched the website at the end of May 2021, so Lupus Awareness Month, um, and then from there, yeah, social media presence, um, and then just setting up contact and everything like that. And like I said, the website is the main um, outlet at the moment, but then we also soon after got um, a fiscal sponsorship with the New Mexico Foundation. So now people can donate through them um, on their website, and then it's nice to have that partnership. So it really took you, it took you a few years to get the the organization up and running. So you started thinking about it when you were 11. What were the challenges between when you thought about it to when you started it? What were you working on? Kind of just the idea of um, formulating more of um, a thought out plan 
in terms of if I was going to do a website, in terms of if I was just going to do like a little Facebook subsection, something like that, or just even um, like an information page. Um, but other than that, yeah, I would say I actually probably hit the ground running about a year ago and from then the progress was a lot quicker in terms of setting up a website. Um, and once the website was launched, it was pretty straightforward in terms of donations and planning events and organizing in um, collaboration with my school in terms of community service because um, I created a community service program because my school does, they call it TAPS, which stands for Teen Action Programs. Um, but I created one for Lupus Kids, so I have six members. Um, and then we kind of solidified and planned the walkathon on November 7th, um, which was a huge success. We did a two mile walk in the evening to limit sun exposure. Uh, we had t-shirts, we had snacks. It was really fun, great turnout, great donations. Um, and then for our second meeting, the entire day we organized an entire from start to finish. Um, we called it Post Up Purple. It was in collaboration with the, my school's um, varsity girls basketball team. So for their game, the week after our meeting, we set up a homemade bake sale. Um, we decorated the entire gym in purple. We made flyers. We made everyone wear purple surgical masks. It was it was a great success as well. That's I, I love the creativity. Anything around a bake sale, I'm totally sold. Um, I, and I think what's really exciting to me is that you're getting your school. I mean, you're educating so many people just in your school forget the website, but just sort of in the actions you're taking, you're educating so many kids about lupus, which I think has real potential exponentially going forward. So tell me what's been sort of the reaction you've gotten from your fellow students. Um, well, my like actual grade knew that I had lupus since seventh grade when I went to my school at first because on like our first like big class camping trip I like sat everyone down I was like hey I have lupus if you see me walking around in a giant sun hat you know why um but other than that I would say that most people at my school now know about lupus um I have a classmate in my class who has um rheumatoid arthritis so then there's that as well um, but yeah, the reaction has always been positive. People always talk like for a while I was known like, oh, Lola and her sun hats in like a <laughs> cute way. It's like, so yeah, everyone's super supportive. And like, um, my friends always sit in the shade at lunch, even on like cold days for me to sit with them and everything like that. I think that's really, I, you know, I think a lot of kids in your position have that challenge of do I tell or do I not tell? And, um, I think hearing your story really can help some of those kids maybe push them in the right direction or the right direction for them, which I do think when you're honest and you, and you come clean and you sort of put it out there, you're sort of amazed at the positive reaction that you'll get from your friends and family and coworkers, which will really help to lower your stress, which obviously nobody wants stress because stress is bad for lupus. So I, I think that's, to me, that's a big, uh, an illustration of that right there. So, okay, now let's talk about the website. So tell me sort of what have you, what are the reactions and the responses be like from other lupus patients that have found you or other kids that have found the site? Um, I have gotten a lot of responses from adults with lupus. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a lot of website views and we're going to start setting up a pen pal program for the children. 
Um, but we want to do more and more outreach. In Santa Fe, I'm not sure. In Albuquerque, I know there are children with lupus. I don't actually know in Santa Fe. I know of three adults, I think, in Santa Fe that have lupus. Mm-hmm. So in terms of actual um, events, we don't see a lot of people with lupus, but I hope to, like I said, continue to grow an online presence and community um, and create more communication between kids with lupus through Instagram or through, like I said, a pen pal program. Um, but yeah, just getting the word out. I also went on Albuquerque's um, morning news sh- show, KRQE, mm-hmm. um, and did a section on there for to promote the walkathon, but also just to talk about lupus kids in general. And I think I'm actually going to start a more permanent segment on the morning news in Albuquerque. So that'll be good as well. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, I think, well, hopefully this podcast will uh, show you, you know, a little bit further into the lupus world. And so I would encourage anybody who is a young person or knows a young person with lupus to uh, visit lupus is lupuskids.org. Yeah. Lupuskids.org. Lupuskids.org. And, um, check out the website so that you can communicate and reach out to Lola. Cause I think she's going to be a real, um, hub for people with lupus. And I think that's a really, something that is lacking in the lupus community. And I know, you know, we have our our support group at Children's Hospital, but that's really a local, very specific, um, you know, group that I don't think exists in very many other hospitals across the country. So I think something online, something with a website, something with a purpose, and you're obviously the perfect leader for it. You're incredibly driven and super impressive. You know, to me, I think, if we can help you create that community, that would be fantastic. Um, so tell me what's your message for a newly diagnosed 15 year old girl, uh, with lupus, you know, tell me, tell me what you want to express to them. I would say that the biggest thing that I was worried about that I'd want to express to someone, a 15 year old girl who was newly diagnosed is that you can still have a full life just as full as if you didn't have lupus, maybe even more so if you get to share and help other people. Like I wanted that opportunity as well, but you can live life to the fullest um, and you're not alone. And there's so many resources, including now lupus kids, but, um, and just to know like, and it's okay to like, it's not something bad. Like, of course, having lupus, like it's a, unfortunate thing but you can make the most out of it in every way in every aspect of life i think that's a terrific message um anything else you want to share about lupus kids that i missed anything upcoming that we want to talk about um not at the moment like i said we're just working on more outreach um we're having another um, meeting with my community service group coming up soon so maybe there'll be another event to keep an eye out for um, for example, our walkathon, you could participate online if you were not in Santa Fe. Um, so there'll be more things like that. Um, the pen pal program, just being able to reach out on email to me and to Lupus Kids on our um, forms and everything. Um, and other than that, yeah, just look out for updates, I guess. I love it. Uh, we will absolutely do that. And if you ever want to have a bake sale in LA, I am happy to host that. And as long as you bring all of the home-baked goods, uh, 
I will, uh, I will gladly do that and to support lupus kids for sure. Uh, thank you so much, Lola Clark for joining us. Uh, we wish you nothing but fantastic success for lupus kids and good health for you. Um, and a great 2022 ahead. Thank you so much. You as well. On behalf of the entire team at Lupus LA, we thank you for joining the Your Story, Our Fight podcast. Please tune in, spread the word, and come back for more inspiring lupus stories. I'm your host, Adam Selkowitz, wishing you good health, and to always remember, your story is our fight.